I mean, just the nightmare of the comforter next to us and the candle burning six feet away and the bunch of cables. <laughs> and the literal <laughs> pile of cables and electronics. We are literally in a, like, if this went up in flames, we would die. <laughs> We'd be dead. Start us off. Hello, I'm Kat. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Let me just say it better. <laughs> no, that was gold. <laughs> and this is Melissa. Hi. Welcome. Woo. We are so excited. Yeah, we are. This was such a fun movie. I didn't realize how long it was. Princess Diaries? Yeah, it's like two hours. Yeah, it's super long. I'm going to try to have great posture today. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I try and do it at work because I literally sit like a freaking gremlin at work. It's so bad. Yeah. I just want better posture. I have such bad posture. We should be like Clarice Rinaldi. That's and... why I'm trying. <laughs> Somebody give me a handkerchief and tie me to my chair, please. Honestly. I have a few things that I learned. I learned a lot about Sleeping Beauty, actually. Oh, did you? Yes. Can I share them with you? I would love that. <laughs> so... Aurora's mom, she already had a name. Rip. I know. So Celestria's out. We can pretend it's like her middle name or something, I guess. Wait, what's her name? Her name is Queen Leah. Okay, we're going to stick with Celestria. She just doesn't go by her name in the movie for some reason, but her name is Queen Leah. Not very French. Leah? I mean, yeah. I guess it's French now. And Diablo, who is Maleficent's bird, is a raven. Oh, good. He still has pink eye. He can be a crow or a raven. He still has pink eye. He needs to see someone for that. And I learned about some crows and some ravens. I know you don't care, <laughs> but... So, because we talked about them being omens of death. Crows and ravens are both omens of death. But crows are spirit guides. And ravens are evil and torture lost souls. So it's fitting that she has a raven and not a crow. Mm. So if you see a crow, it is an omen of death, but it's also a helpful spirit guide. Interesting. Yeah. Go crows. Woo! And then ravens are like little death assholes. You were right about one thing. So I will give you credit. Maleficent is a fairy. I fucking told you. It's actually based off. The Charles Perrault. Is that how you say P-E-R-R-A-U-L-T? Perrault. Is it Perrault? I don't, you don't say that T like hard. Perrault. Yeah, I think oh. so. I thought I sounded smart, but if I, I sound stupid. If I remember my three years of French, I think that's correct. Anyway, so Charles, it's based off of his story and it's literally called, are you ready? The Evil Fairy. Wow. So that's what Sleeping Beauty is based off of. Yeah, so Maleficent was a fairy. I still think she upgraded to a sorcerer. Like, that's my hot take. I don't think you can really consider her a fairy anymore. Maybe she was born a fairy, but a she died teeth. a sorcerer legend. I like that. With a black mark on the ground. <laughs> Do you think afterwards the kingdom put up some nice, uh, what are those called, stanchions around the black mark and you could like go and pay it tribute? Not stanchions. You could like, the like townspeople could like spit on it or something or like throw pennies onto it for like good luck or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think happened. But do you think they took like those like broom mops and just like swept no. it away with some water? I, I think it's a permanent magical mark on the earth. I like, don't think that can be scrubbed away. Maybe. <laughs> so I learned a lot about one of my favorite movies. That is really interesting. I told you she was a fairy. I knew it. I educated myself. <laughs> no diagnosis on Diablo, though. It's definitely pink eye. <laughs> we should consult an ornithologist, a bird expert. <laughs> 
magical. <laughs> so this time, we're here to tell you why the Princess Diaries is tragical. It's not. No, I'm kidding. It's mostly magical. It's pretty good, except for the parts where they very, very far left field derailed from the books. Any movie from 20 years ago, because this movie came out in 2001, there's just some lines that they say where you're like, Ugh. but that's just like the passage of time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But it's just so crazy to think that the Princess Diaries has problematic lines in it. Mm-hmm. But they're very few and far between in this one. They are. I'm just going to say them at the top because it's whatever. We'll probably skip over them if we don't. But at one point when Joe in the limo, he hands heels back to Mia in the back of the car so she can change. He says that the person when he bought them asked if he wanted a bag or if he wanted to wear them out. And he was like, oh, like I would wear heels, like kind of. Yeah, he's like San Francisco so weird. Yeah, like, oh my God, like a man would wear heels i don't think you know like joe was super cool about it he wasn't like oh i was offended or anything but it's just like something you wouldn't even it just didn't need to be in the movie at all the other one was when that i realized was when mia was crying and her mom was like my mother told me that women don't cry we hold it in but you had a hard day so you cry no let your children show emotion if you need to cry go ahead and do the cry even what? if you don't need to cry 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 girl Mia's yeah allowed to cry. It, yeah that i was like oh did your oh really your your dumb ass mother told you not to cry to be a strong woman you can be a strong woman and cry guys you but i think that was her both. point mm, <laughs> mia's mom no girl that was not the thing to say i would have not been comforted at all i would have been like oh i'm not a strong woman because i'm crying great my mom thinks i'm being a little baby yeah i think that was kind of it i think those were really the only two that i remember there was probably more but just little things like that where it's so just now you wouldn't even think or say we would hope you wouldn't think or say things like that no you can be a strong woman and cry anyway i have some fun facts let's hear them um a lot of these i kind of already knew because i read the books so it's just uh, some of them were like differences like between the books and the movies and some of them were just like really cool that i like really didn't know yeah and the books were by meg cabot Mm -hmm. right meg cabot Mm -hmm. okay yeah i had like three of her series she was a pretty good author for like young adult like teen girls All right, let's dig in. So the scene where Mia slips and falls in the bleachers was real. Anne Hathaway had slipped while doing the scene and director Gary Marshall thought it was really funny. So he kept it in the movie. When Mia accidentally sets the man's arm on fire in the dinner, the flames were supposed to go out when he puts his arm in the ice bucket, but it didn't. So Anne Hathaway picked up and threw the water on it as like a last measure. Like that was also an accident. Wow. And during these all kind of go together during the audition, Anne Hathaway literally fell out of her chair at one point, and that kind of like solidified her role as Mia Thermopolis. So Anne Hathaway is apparently super clumsy, and all of these things like actually happened, which like worked out for her. I love that. Isn't that so funny? Yes. I thought this one was cute. Uh, The picture of Mia's deceased father next to her music box in her room is Anne Hathaway's actual real life father. What? And he also appears in the writing scene where he's writing the letter to Mia. That's like Anne Hathaway's real dad. Not Mr. Hathaway. Isn't that so cute? Oh, Mr. Hathaway. We We love. love you. 
This one I actually did know, and I thought this one was really funny. One of the waiters in the dinner scene where Mia breaks the water glass and the waiter says it happens all the time is the same actor who played a waiter in Pretty Woman. And he says the same line when Julie Roberts flings the snail and the waiter catches it. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. And both movies were directed by the um, same director, um, Gary Marshall. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that so funny? Gary. Isn't that cute? I love it. During the final scene when they're doing the celebratory dance, the song by Madonna, Like a Prayer, was actually what was playing on a boom box to elicit like natural dancing. But they had to keep redoing it because people would be mouthing the words to Like a Prayer instead of like the song that they dubbed over it. Who could help it? I know. So they had to keep redoing it because you could see people mouthing the words to Like a Prayer. Isn't that so funny? I loved that. You can't not mouth Madonna. Right. Honestly. I would have a hard time with that, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's so such a bop. Funny. Okay, I just have a couple more. Um, So this movie was filmed in Soundstage 2 in Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, California. It's the same stage which Mary Poppins was shot. So the stage has since been dubbed Dame Julie Andrews Studio. Isn't that so cute? Because she was in both movies. That is so adorable. So they like named the studio after her because like two of their like biggest movies that she was in. Wow. Isn't that cute? So in one scene where Mia Thermopolis recites one of Juliet's soliloquies um, from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare's real life wife was named Anne Hathaway. And this is ironic because if you've ever seen photos of her... She looks like Anne Hathaway. And this is like, that's the end of that. But my take is, is there's a lot of people saying that like, she's like reincarnate or like she is. Time traveler. Yes. Yep. She looks just like her and she has the same freaking name. And bitch doesn't age. Nope. She sure does not. Tell me she doesn't look the same right now as she does in freaking Princess Diaries. And call us. We would love to have you on the pod, girl. <laughs> we have to know. We need to know. Are you a time traveler? What What's going on there? Okay, so this one is kind of having to do with the books. So in the books, Mia's father's not dead. He actually has testicular cancer, but Disney thought that was like too much of an adult topic. So they just like killed him off, uh, which Disney loves doing. We love killing parents in movies. So the Princess Diaries takes place. In San Francisco, California, United States of America. And the books actually take place in New York City. That's like complete opposites, though. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, I don't know why they changed it. I guess probably it was just easier to film in San Francisco than New York for this. I feel like all the characters are such Californians, though. Mia is in her schoolgirl outfit getting ready for the day. Schoolgirl outfit, her school uniform. <laughs> her her schoolgirl outfit. Her cosplay. Her costume. <laughs> uh, looking like Sailor Moon. And <laughs> Honestly, kind of. She has really big frizzy hair and... The way they just bushed her eyebrows up so hard, they probably were like, Anne Hathaway, you cannot get your eyebrows done. And she was probably like, great. No, they glued individual hairs onto her eyebrows. It took them three hours every day. I was going to say, you can tell there's definitely some like extras, but I'm sure she also just didn't do her eyebrows for like months. Mia and her mom live in a abandoned firehouse. Which is really fucking cool. And her mom is an artist. So, you know, her mom makes fucking bank. Her paintings probably sell for like nine grand each. Mia is on her way to school. The I'm Supergirl song is playing. (laughs) I'm 
The most early 2000s, like, bop. This movie is so early 2000, it hurts. Mia is throwing the trash out, and she sees her rude neighbor, Mr. Robitussin, which is a cough syrup. Yeah. And he's also in a robe, so it's just, like, Robitussin. (laughs) Is Robitussin actually a last name? I mean, the medicine was probably named after, like, someone or something, so probably. It's just so funny. Like, what if your name was, like, Mr. Tylenol? Like, it would just be weird. (laughs) Mr. Robitussin. Another early 2000s trope they scooter to school mia and her best friend lily and they get to grove high school it is clearly like a private institution and i just am so jealous of rich people even mia like Mia's a weirdo nerd but i mean she's still rich like i'm not i'm not like oh nerd big hair like she could do whatever she wants she gets to go to her fun prep school and then her after school job is rock climbing like her (laughs) best friend has her own public access cable television show like so 2000s they try to make her a nerd so hard and i'm like wow mia thermopolis is so cool (laughs) honestly though she has doc martens on like 120 dollars sneaks on yeah she's she's doing just fine nobody's bullying her she's an early hipster stop it bullying her and the way they made her in the movie anyway no one's bullying her she does need some gel for that hair though maybe a little pomade yellow mousse she'll be fine (laughs) so we meet a couple of characters here at grove high school there's lana and the lanettes it's lana anna and fontana icons is Fontana's name Fontana actually? Is Anna's name Anna actually? Did one of them change their names? Do you think it just, ha- it's happenstance? Like it would be crazy to meet somebody and have such a close name and you're like, oh my gosh, my name is Lana and your name is Anna and we're friends, but then they meet a Fontana. Like I'm not believing it. And they all just happen to be like pretty and popular, like and cheerleaders. Also, Anna, get it together. You are the building blocks of all of the names. You should be the head gal, not Lana. Also, yeah. Lana is Mandy Moore. An icon. Can we talk about how Sandra O oh is the one who plays their vice principal, Gupta? Obsessed, love oh my her. Gosh. Sandra. <laughs> Come on so, the pod. <laughs> she's so beautiful. Then there's also their friend Jeremiah, who dyes his hair burgundy. It's more like a light burgundy, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to describe it. It's between a red and a burgundy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like darker than like a normal fire engine red, but it's not quite like a purpley red like burgundy. It's like an in-between. It's like a dark fire engine red. Yeah. I'm glad we really went through that. And <laughs> we like to paint the picture of the characters here. Firmly picked what color his hair is. <laughs> Lily and Mia are walking through Grove High School and Vice Principal Gupta says, Good morning, Lily. Looks at Mia Lily's friend. Like, even the vice (laughs) principal doesn't know her name. She's invisible. And then just to firmly plant that Mia is a nobody and is invisible, she's sitting out on the quad. Quad! (laughs) And a full-grown other student sits on her because he doesn't see her and goes, oh, I'm sorry I didn't see you there. Yikes. She's a nobody. Literally. And she <laughs> and then she tells Lily, somebody sat on me again. Like this has happened before. Ma'am. 
Uh, Lily is, I hate her. She's my least favorite part of this movie. She's so rude. She doesn't deserve friends. She's just a big bitch. And she's always trying to tell everybody what to do and constantly judging everybody for everything. Yeah. But then like, seems like she doesn't like want to be like perceived or judged. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm a bitch and I can be a little judgy, but I cannot. She is so judgmental and so rude. She's not, she doesn't get to be a bitch. She's just nasty. Yeah. One thing I do remember from the books is that she was described as pug-faced quite often. So Lily, being the judgmental person she is, is watching Josh Bryant, who is the skater boy from Brink, (laughs) and Mandy Moore, or Lana of the Lynettes, (laughs) make out. Lily is like, ew, would you look at that disgusting PDA? And Mia starts fantasizing about Josh making out with her. It's pretty funny. (laughs) And every time she fantasizes about Josh, it plays that song where it's like drifting through summer breeze. And it's like a a little ballad plays whenever she fantasizes about Josh Bryant. Which happens often. (laughs) I mean, Josh Bryant is really hot. He's okay. Oh, girl. Josh, call me. Oh, Michael, too. And I think Jeremiah's hot, too, honestly. Like, Anne Hathaway also. Gupta. Everyone call me from the whole movie. Anne Hathaway, ma'am, please <laughs> call me. Even if you're a time traveler, that's I accept it. Mia has debate class that day, and she has to give her speech. And she goes to give her speech, and she just can't do it. She's like... Uh, uh, uh. And then she goes to throw up and everyone's making fun of her. They call her a frizzball. It's so high school. So Mia doesn't give her speech in debate. And I was like, I love giving speeches. I had to take a speech class in college and I just thought it was like a waste of time. I just thought it was annoying. Public speaking is very important. I think everyone should have to take speech. I guess it was like the way my class was taught, I guess. I don't know. I just I felt like that. class. I just had to give a speech. That was my whole grade. No, we had to do like three different ones. We had to do like different types of speeches. Oh, really? Yeah, we had to do an argument one. We had to do one that was, we had to like convince you of like a persuasive speech. And then there was like another one. So we had like, it was three different types of speeches. We all did a speech. We all came to class for like 30 minutes. There were two speeches a day. And that was your whole grade for the whole semester. Fontana calls her a frizzball. She throws up. Probably got an F on her debate thing. And she goes to her after school job, which is rock climbing. Oh, her her life is so hard. Like she has to go to this private school and have a rock climbing job. And she lives in a firehouse with her painting mother. (laughs) Her life is really cool. I'm really jealous. (laughs) So Mia's at her work where she's... A rock climbing. Is she like an instructor? Does she just like work behind the desk? Like, I don't... I'm sure she does a lot of things. I'm sure she, yeah, is an instructor, but also is just basically there helping people with the rock climbing stuff. Right. So she, Mia's at work and her mom shows up and is like, I heard you threw up. I'm so sorry. I'll go have a meeting with your debate teacher and see what can be done about your grade. Also, just an FYI, you're, um, al- she literally calls her her alive grandmother. Your grandmother, who is alive, is in town and wants to meet you for tea. And Mia's like, uh, for what? She hasn't talked to me in 15 years, has wanted nothing to do with me. And now all of a sudden she wants to meet for tea. And mom's like, yeah, pretty much. Essentially, that's that's it. 
This is the point where I was like, damn, I want to perm like real bad because <laughs> Mia and her mom just have gorgeous, curly, beautiful hair. Yeah, Melissa and I sat here for about 10 minutes debating if one of us or both of us should get perms. I was like, should we <laughs> get perms? Should we bring perms back? I mean, both of them clearly have permed hair. It's not like Anne Hathaway and other lady. Like those are clearly permed curls. Those are not natural curls. So Mia and Mia's mom are rock climbing and... Mia was like, didn't this bitch like make you and dad get a divorce? And she's like, not exactly. But yeah, we haven't really had the best relationship. So Mia doesn't really want to meet her long lost grandma, but she agrees to go do it because Mia's mom says it's your dad's mom. Just do it. So the next day at school, it's music class and Mia is playing the drum, which is like, honestly, she's not good at anything, but she can hold a rhythm on the little drum there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's just like, bump, bump, bump. She can do that. Mm -hmm. Good for her. She's doing great. And Lana and the Lynettes are dancing like whores. No, I'm kidding. They look great. (laughs) (laughs) And then the teacher's like, okay, band practice over. We're going to sing. And they get on their little choir bleachers and they sing. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. A beautiful song. (laughs) Clearly we're singing musical artists. And I mean, tragical, the album coming out this year. (laughs) Mia goes to see her grandma at the Genovian consulate. They let her through the gate. And she walks on the grass and it yells at her in about 45 different languages to get off the grass. It's honestly one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. (laughs) The door opens and a butler greets her and there's like a CIA guy there and he searches her backpack and crushes her soy nuts. Not the soy nuts. And Charlotte, who is... Her grandma's assistant. Yeah, she has some crazy turmoils. And I was like, were you supposed to know what that means? I was like, I don't know what Charlotte <laughs> just said. Guys, watch the movie. Charlotte's like, oh, I'm the... Blah, 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 blah. It was French to me. It was Genovian to me. <laughs> Not Genovian. So Charlotte greets Mia. And Mia's like, you got some pears and your flowers here. Didn't know if you knew. And she's like, yes, those are a Genovian symbol. I guess Genovia's big in the pear market. Yeah, man. And then Queen Clarice is in the house. She's here. She has arrived. Mia says that she looks so fresh and so clean, clean. And Clarice is like, you look so young. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, weirdos. What kind of exchange is this? Like, she's not ugly. Like, she has bushy eyebrows and big hair, but she's not bad And she's supposed to be 15. So, yeah, she looks young. She's a 15-year-old. Clarice gives a trinket box and a necklace to Mia and she's like, okay, great. And just like shoves it into her backpack. Clarice is like literally freaking out watching Mia shove and throw this priceless family heirloom into her grungy little backpack. Just probably like a 5,000 year old trinket box. She's like crunching in there with her soy nuts. Her soy nuts! <laughs> so they go to the garden to have tea and this is just the life I want. There's no less than three waiters off to the side just at their beck and call. I just, oh, can I be the queen? I wouldn't mind being royalty. I think we could handle it pretty well. Oh my gosh. We would, <laughs> no. <laughs> You'd have to delete this podcast from the internet, but it's fine. I'd take it. So Clarice tells her that her dad was 
the prince of Genovia, and that means she's the princess of Genovia, and that Clarice is the queen of Genovia, which is a tiny country between Spain and France. Mm-hmm. But it's not real, you guys. No. Uh, so actually, the place between Spain and France is a small country called Andorra. But they just pretended that didn't exist. And now it's Genovia for this movie. It's Genovia. Mm-hmm. And we're all going there. Woo! Let's go. Let's go get some pears. Tragical family trip. Woo. At this point, I was like looking off at the butlers, wishing they were mine. <laughs> And can you just imagine being the butler to a royal family? You know all the tea. You hear everything. You know all the tea. They probably are in the kitchen just gossiping all the time, like with the cooks and stuff. I bet it's so much fun. I'm sure they literally know everything. When Mia finds out she is a princess, she tells Queen Clarice to shut up. Which the queen does not take well. She's like, I'm sorry, you just told me to do what? And one of the butler's waiters... Men in waiting. I don't know. Men in waiting. I don't know their titles. House person. He he comes over. The house man comes over (laughs) and says, "Uh, Queen Clarice in America, shut up can mean uh, wow, gee whiz, or golly wally, which I don't know about you guys, but I say golly wally just about 43 times a day here in America. It was golly wally for me. (laughs) Mia kind of panics and she quite literally runs away. She runs back through the house, almost knocking priceless heirlooms over, runs across the grass and makes her exit. And they're all like, what just happened? So the queen goes over to her bodyguard, who is just a cool cucumber. And we love him. In all leathers. Yes, he's an all leather, just a sexy bald man in uh, black skinny sunglasses. <laughs> What's not to love? And his name is Joseph. Mia is at home and she's super mad at her mom. Like, who wouldn't be? And her mom explains she just wanted her to have a normal life. She didn't want her to be exposed to being royalty or whatever. So the next morning... Queen Clarice is at the firehouse talking to Mia's mom and Mia comes down. The queen begs her to be the princess of Genovia, basically, and is like, we want to present you at Genovia's annual Independence Day ball. And Mia just can't handle it and runs to her tower, which is just like the highest room in the firehouse, I suppose. Yeah. And she's kind of freaking out. She's like, I just want to disappear most days I don't really want to be a princess and her mom's like well why don't you do princess lessons and then if you totally don't want to do it you can just go to this ball at the end of this and say I don't want to be the princess and that'll be that but at least try and go to the ball we love a compromise Queen Clarice is like I I can handle that sounds good and Mia's like Great. See you after school for princess lessons. I want to take princess lessons. I think you can. I think it's called the Rainbow Girls. <laughs> Did ever... our aunt do that? Probably. <laughs> I feel like mom talked about that before. Isn't that what it's called? The Rainbow Girls? I don't know. It's like when you want to be in high society, but you're just trash like us. The International Order of Rainbow Girls. It says it's a leadership training thing, but... Yeah, they do, like, high tea. Yeah, they do shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. They're all, like, Freemasons and shit. I don't know. I'm spreading rumors I know nothing about, and I (laughs) love it here. This is my podcast, and I'm making fun of the Rainbow Girls. (laughs) So, Mia's about to go to school, and she walks out of her house to 
Joseph is the queen's bodyguard, is now going to be her personal limo driver and quote unquote babysitter. Well, that's because her Mustang is in the shop because it doesn't work. Joseph tells Mia that she can call him Joe. She wants to try and call him Joey. And he laughs at it like he thinks it's really funny. And then he goes, no, Joe. Okay, set boundaries. We love that for him. <laughs> and then they stop to pick up Lily to take her to school too. And Lily just is the absolute worst freaking friend ever. She's like, why are we in a limo? What is happening? This is weird. Mia doesn't tell her anything. Mia doesn't tell her about the princess lessons. Mia doesn't tell her about her grandmother being a queen. She can't. I also wouldn't have told Lily. If my best friend was better than Lily, I would probably tell her. But Lily is kind of the worst. So I wouldn't tell her. Lily is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just yep. hate her so much. Mia and Lily get dropped off a block from school because they don't want to cause a scene. And the cheerleaders are mocking Mia and Lily for like no reason at all. And Mia has to play softball in PE and she can't throw or catch or hit the ball. Her gym teacher is like, I'm, I'm going to have to flunk you. And I'm just like, what? Because you can't hit a ball like some people can't sport. It's OK. Yeah. I'm just like, what kind of dumb school is this that's not how grades work but anyway usually gym class is participation points too like it's not your grade isn't based on whether you can hit the ball or not all my PE classes worked my entire life was there was always like a sport that you could play if you wanted or you could walk the track yep guess what I did every day walk the track correct same here girl yeah every day Mia goes to see her mechanic lily's brother michael works there as a mechanic but he also has band practice there because he plays the piano and michael is so hot and he's clearly great with his hands because he plays the piano and is in a band and also can fix cars and he's like a little mechanic in training he's like what two years older than him, so he's maybe what 17 yeah i think so and he's just like a mechanic and in a band like okay he also really looks to me as though he is a very hot mixture of Ringo Starr and John Lennon, like smashed together into one person. Okay, I can see it. And he has like the Beatles style 70s like hair. And I just think he's so cute. He is. And Mia finds out that it's $400 to fix her car. And she was like really upset about it. And I was thinking, first of all, if Mia needs $400, like I'll just lend it to her. I was like, not that big of a deal. No, I'm totally kidding. (laughs) But I don't know, $400 isn't that much. Especially not to fix a vintage Mustang. Her mom's an artist. Her mom should just pay for it, but it's fine, whatever. (laughs) And then Mia goes to her princess lessons and falls out of a chair. So it's going great. And when she gets home, she finds out that her mom is going to go out with her debate teacher because I guess that parent-teacher conference went really well. And Mia's like, people are going to make fun of me. And her mom is like, do you know how hard it is to find a nice man in San Francisco and I was like yes Mia's mom I'm all on her team I'm like do you know how hard it is to meet a nice man it's hard yeah let her date your debate teacher what did she say a man who doesn't have hair plugs (laughs) like yeah oh that was the other one where she was like it's hard to find a man who's not covered in tattoos and piercings and has hair plugs I would like my men to be covered in tattoos and piercings first of all in 2021 (laughs) you can have tattoos you can have piercings and baby you can have hair plugs yeah Mia's mom she's not as forward thinking as I thought she was when I was a kid (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Mia's really just not having a good week. Mia's at school. She's in gym class again. Poor thing. And Josh is trying to tell her about soccer balls. And she's just, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, she's dying. She just loves him so much. But he's super hot. So I get it. Mia has to change in the limo to get to her princess lessons. At her princess lessons, she has to learn to dance. She has to learn the wango. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is teaching her and Queen Clarice is off to the side and they tell her it's a mixture of a waltz and a tango and she's like oh so a wango and they just don't think it's funny at all but I thought it was hilarious pretty good pretty good after Mia gets a little bit better at the wango she leaves and Joe and the queen dance the wango he tells her she's been wearing black for too long. And they're so cute. They have like a secret romance that everybody knows about because when Charlotte accidentally walks in on them dancing, she just backs out of the room. Smart. She's very smart. She gives them their moment. So next day at Princess Lessons, Mia gets Paolo'd. Paolo'd. Paolo comes with his two assistants and they make over Mia. They relax her hair and pluck her eyebrows and teach her how to put makeup on. And she looks like a beautiful princess. He also smashes her glasses. Well, he breaks Mia's glasses and tells her to wear contacts. But her hair also did break his brush. Very so, fair, very fair. I mean, a nice hairbrush costs about the same as glasses, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. necessary. Before they leave, Charlotte makes them all signed NDAs, basically like Paolo and the assistants, because nobody can know that Mia is the princess of Genovia. The next day, Mia picks up Lily and Michael in the limo and Michael is like, wow, you look beautiful. And Lily is like, you look like a stupid bitch because IRL Lily is the stupid bitch. Yeah, she tells her she looks weird. Like, what a horrible friend. And Mia literally starts crying. And then when Mia gets out of the car, Joe gives her a pep talk. Joe's like her dad. I love it. He's so great. He's like, you can only be made fun of if you let people make fun of you kind of I don't know the exact words he says but that's pretty much what he says he says some fucking Eleanor Roosevelt fucking quote or something some shit (laughs) I'm clearly a classy broad over here so Lily and Mia are walking the block from where the limo drops him off to school and Mia finally blows up on Lily because Lily's a horrible friend. She called her ugly. She told her she looked weird. And Mia is like, listen, I have a lot going on. And Lily's like, I know you have a lot going on, but you're not telling me what's going on. So I can't be a good friend to you if you don't explain it to me. And then Mia finally tells Lily that she's the princess of Genovia. And Lily's like, oh my God, I totally get it now. That makes so much sense, which I don't care what the excuse is. I think Lily's a horrible friend. You been so mean to your best friend you literally just admitted that she is going through something and instead of silently supporting her or whatever you're gonna bully her into making her tell you yeah lily's the worst she is the worst i can't stand her yeah so mia tries to wear a bucket hat again we are here in the early 2000s (laughs) and that works for about 10 seconds because lana is like i'm pretty sure there's a school policy where you can't wear a hat so the teacher makes her take her hat off but everybody likes it they're like oh mia you look beautiful and she's like oh yeah thank you 
so much. But even with them telling her she likes it, they're still bullying her. Because they're like, oh my gosh, she's trying to be cool now. Like, let her yeah. have a haircut. Yeah, but she knows she looks hot, though. That's fair. So Mia and her mom have the night off so Mia doesn't have to go to princess lessons. And they are throwing darts at paint that is in balloons on a large canvas. And it looks like shit. And I'm glad they had fun. But that painting literally looks like a trash can. Too many colors mixed together. It made me angry. <laughs> Maybe that's the emotion they were trying to invoke with that painting. Oh, is that it? Oh my yeah. God, I understand art now. It just looked like a sloppy, annoying mess. And I'm sure it took two hours to get the paint into the balloons and then like tape them to the giant canvas. And then they were like, they got it all over the floor. Like it was super dirty. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. They were wearing ponchos. Like they're freaking riding Splash Mountain. Like what are we doing here? It, made me, it makes me so mad every time I watch it. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. I um, hate that, but I'm glad they had a fun night of bonding. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy-daughter bonding time. I guess so. The next day, Michael and Mia are walking to school together, and Michael's like, oh, do you want to come by and, like, we can, like, work on your car and, you know, the band. We might play for a little bit. And she's like, oh, like a date? And Michael's like, <laughs> no. And Mia's like, oh, okay, yeah, I know, <laughs> you know, yeah, I knew it wasn't a date, lol. And then Lily runs up behind them, and then they all walk to school together, and there's a bunch of reporters in front of the school. So Mia goes up to one of the reporters and is like, what's going on here? And all the reporters are like, we're here for you, Princess Mia. And they all start snapping photos of her, and it's like a big scene at the school and Mia is freaking out because nobody's supposed to know she's a princess and she also doesn't want to be a princess to begin with so she's freaking out and our queen vice principal Gupta <laughs> takes her to her office to hide. Sandra O. Oh. And this is one of the best parts of this movie. Kat and I say this all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. When the phone rings, vice principal Gupta answers the phone and says Gupta. <laughs> Um, the, queen the queen is coming. coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why, but I'm going to just start angrily yelling the phone and saying, Van Lingen. Yeah. Just like that. I love it. And then announce that the queen is coming. I might <laughs> announce the queen is coming, but I'm talking about myself. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's just so iconic. So the queen arrives and they're all in Vice Principal Gupta's office. And it's Queen Clarice, Mia's mom, Mia, and the Vice Principal. And the Vice Principal is like fawning over Clarice. And Clarice is finally like, can you, can you go? Like, you're very annoying. Joe brings in Paolo. And Paolo admits that he is the one who told the world about Princess Mia. He said, I didn't explicitly state that she was the princess, but I did explicitly state that I'm the one who did the princess of Genovia's hair and that she went to this school. So yeah, I kind of outed her a little bit. He wanted the world to see his work. Yeah, which is not a good excuse. It's I not mean, valid. they literally hire him again at the end of the movie and then they literally hire him again in the second movie. So apparently, Queen Clarice just does not care that he's a total fucking blabbermouth. Yeah, like he sold them out and then they rehire him multiple times. I guess whatever. Did you see his rings though? I mean, <laughs> they're expensive. They're expensive. <laughs> I love Amazing. Paolo and his little she minions in their she minions. shiny coats. They did a great job. Mia looks great. She does look great. <laughs> Mia tells the queen that she just really needs to think about if she wants to become a princess or not, basically. So they then have a 
smaller ball, which is not the ball for the Independence Day of Genovia. It's like a dinner with delegates from other countries. Mia's not doing so well at this dinner. So they have the Baron and Baroness of Genovia there, who if Mia doesn't accept her princessness, then the Baron and Baroness will take over as the King and Queen of Genovia. The Prime Minister of Genovia and his wife are there. There's delegates from, what is it? It's like China, Scotland, France. Who knows? (laughs) Fucking other made up countries. Yeah, they're at this fancy dinner at the consulate. The, the consulate. consulate. Yeah, that thing. This dinner does not really go great for Mia. Um, she sets the table card on fire. And after that, she takes a big scoop of ice cream and she doesn't realize it's ice cream and she's freaking out because it's really cold. So the prime minister who she's sitting next to and the prime minister's wife do the same thing. So then they're all freaking out and they bang their hands on the table and everybody's <laughs> making fun of them. And it's really awkward. The prime minister is trying to make a toast, so Mia starts to tap her fork on a glass, which shatters and breaks, and again, everybody sees her and is judging her. And then, cherry on top of a beautiful dinner, Mm -hmm. she drops a grape, tries to crawl under the table to pick it up, trips a waiter, and causes a huge scene, and the grapes fly up and land on one of the ambassadors or presidents, I don't fucking know, who cares, plates. (laughs) And he starts laughing and then the queen laughs and then everybody's laughing and they're laughing at the situation, but they're also laughing at Mia. So Mia just, it didn't go really great for her. She kind of made herself look like a fucking idiot, Mm. but she's 15. So, you know, and she's so clumsy. She's a klutz. So Mia is talking to her grandmother the next day or the next week in the (laughs) greenhouse and they're spraying plants with water Queen Clarice can tell that Mia is really upset about the dinner and she's like, why don't we just have some fun today? Like, we don't need to do princess lessons. Let's just go have a great San Franciscan time. San Franciscan time. (laughs) Uh, I like that. Mia and the queen go to get the stang. They go to an arcade, which doesn't seem like fun to me at all, but okay, have a good time. I feel like there's much cooler things to do in San Francisco, but maybe that's just me. They did drive the Stang over the bridge, so that was probably really cool. Yeah. And then they eat a corn dog by the bay. Ew. (laughs) Yeah. Can't say I've ever wanted to eat a corn dog, but I can understand the appeal, I guess. No, even when I wasn't a vegetarian, I hated corn dogs. So Clarice and Mia are talking and Mia asks if her father always wanted to be a prince, which I mean, honestly, though, he really didn't have a choice, but he was also raised knowing what he was. Well, what she says is that Her oldest son wanted to be a priest. And then Mia's dad, his brother, decided to be a priest. He knew he was going to be king, but he genuinely loved Genovia and, like, really wanted to be the king. And when he met Mia's mom, they, like, fell in love and everything. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I have to choose between this beautiful artist in San Francisco and, like, a normal life or my country that I love so much. And he chose his country. He loves Genovia. He's a Genovian stan. I mean... (laughs) Not a Genovian stand. So he had to leave Mia's mom behind. And Mia's mom uh, was pregnant and had a baby, which is Mia. Great. Love that. So... Later on, they're driving back to the consulate in the Stang. Uh, this car just had $400 worth of work done on it, and it still struggles a little bit. As everyone knows, San Francisco is super freaking hilly, and this car is hardcore struggling to get up some of these hills. I don't think the car was struggling. I think 
think Mia doesn't know how to drive. Also that. Yeah, that's she's what it is. 15 and she has her learner's permit, not even her license. She has no idea how to get a manual transmission up a steep hill in yeah. San Francisco. She has not a clue. Correct. And her Stang starts rolling backwards on a hill and she goes to pull the emergency brake, rips it out of the car, and the Mustang rolls backwards into a trolley. Yikes. The cop is there and he wants to take Mia downtown, but the queen decides to fake night the transportation engineer, a.k.a. the trolley driver, and the law enforcement officer, a.k.a. the cop. They're going to be in the Genovian Order of the Rose. Oh, my God. Which she made up right then and there. <laughs> so the queen fake knights the transportation engineer and the law enforcement officer and all the trolley people clap. And the cop decides he's not going to take Mia downtown, of course, because now he's the fucking knight of the Genovian Pear Rose Corporation or what fucking <laughs> ever. Pear Rose Corporation. And... Uh, the cop also drives them home, so they got out of it. We love the queen. The next day at school, Josh <laughs> invites Mia to the beach bash. And when she says, like a date, Josh is like, of course. Unlike Michael, who was like, no, it's not a date. We're just hanging out. Right. Like Josh a man. is a real man. No, I'm kidding. He's not. He's an ass. But also, every single person who used to accidentally sit on Mia or ignore her or bully her are all now like, oh my God. Hey, Mia, what's up? Oh, hey, Mia. How are you doing today, Mia? How's it going today, Mia? Like, you're all assholes. Yeah, but she's 15. She hasn't learned all those lessons yet. She does, though, by the end of this movie. <laughs> well, for sure. It's just such a high school thing, though. Like, once something sets you above everyone else, everyone wants to be your friend. Yeah. Ew. Mia has to cancel on Michael, and he's super butthurt about it. But, I mean, if you would have said it was a date, Mia probably wouldn't have canceled on you to go hang out with Josh. So, I mean, like, <laughs> go off, sis. You <laughs> Michael, right? you fucked up. I would have rather dated the Beatles boy than the Beach boy. Oh, me too. Oh, if I had to pick? Ooh, I don't know. I think Josh is taller, and he has a boat. Mia and her mom are chatting about the beach bash, and Mia tells her that she hopes Josh kisses her and that her foot pops she wants a foot popping kiss like in the movies you know your foot just goes popping so we're at the beach bash and josh's little schooner it's not even really like a boat i don't know what it is i guess it's like a sailboat mm -hmm. anyway it's called the josher which is fucking dumb <laughs> and just another iconic song scene gorgeous choreography lana and the lynette sing stupid cupid yeah and mandy moore does her little stupid cupid stop picking on me it's I the best song ever love mandy moore <laughs> i mean it's just a great song i hope they got a record deal out of that because that shit slapped lana and the lynette's so Lily is doing her cable show, which is on public access television, and she had invited Mia onto the show. So while Lily is waiting for Mia to show up, which she is not gonna. Yeah, Mia forgot to cancel on Lily. Yikes. Uh, she has, what's his name? The redhead guy? Jeremiah. Jeremiah is doing some sleight of hand and some magic tricks to distract while they wait for Mia to show up. Yeah, and Mia doesn't ever show up, so it's just an hour of magic tricks with Jeremiah. So Lily is pissed, but you know what? Fuck Lily, so. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> 
So back to the beach. Mia and Josh are slow dancing. It's super cute. But then a helicopter comes and starts taking photos. So Josh is so sweet, though, and is like, oh, let's go hide in a beach shack. Sometimes he's a great guy, and then sometimes he's such an ass. No, because he definitely uses this. So they run and they hide in a shack. Josh goes to kiss Mia, and her foot gets stuck in a volleyball net, so she doesn't pop her foot and she straight up tells him this is not romantic i'm not having a good time she also like falls into a wheelbarrow and then josh is like how about a foot rub and she's like oh thank you and he's like no i meant you give me a foot rub and mia's like no no girl (laughs) which i love mia stood her ground she said no i don't want to make out in this shack and no i don't want to give you a foot rub love that for her proud of you mia love that take a stand girl josh is looking out the window and they realize that all the helicopters and news reporters have left. So Josh is like, okay, it's safe to go out. And they start to leave the shack, but there's about 50 news reporters there. Now there's a guy on the freaking roof. There's a guy with fake beach grass trying to hide his camera. And then Josh grabs Mia and plants one on her. She hits him with her flip-flop and runs away. What the heck, Josh? Yeah, he's an asshole. Lana and the Lynettes give her her clothes. They're like, go ahead and change. Like, we got your back, girl, because she's in her bathing suit. So she wants to change back into her normal clothes. But right when she takes off her bathing suit, they go and grab the reporters and they tear the tent down. Luckily, she still had her towel in her hand, so she covers herself up. The coach grabs her and rushes her to safety, but the media still got the shots. So the next day in the paper, it's Mia on the front cover and it's not one photo, but two. It's her Samooch and Josh and her horrified face because she's naked with just a towel wrapped around her. Ripperoni. And grandma is mad. The queen is super mad at Mia and tell her that she thinks she should abstain from the job. And Mia's like, girl, planning on it. I don't want to be a princess anyway. Mia's like, you probably don't want me at your ball. And the queen is like, no, you still have to go to the Genovia Independence Day ball. But then like, you can just go on with your life. And Mia's like, great. Thanks for everything. Right. (laughs) Gotta go cry at home now. (laughs) And Joe comes in and he's talking to Clarice and he tells her that he thinks that Clarice was too harsh on Mia, not just as her queen, but as her grandmother. Yeah. And Joe is like, ma'am, she's 15 years old. She doesn't know shit. She just got thrown into all this craziness. Yeah. And he straight up was like, that teenage boy manipulated her so did those girls he was like i don't think you really thought about how this was going from her perspective and i think you need to take a moment and i think she's ready for this and clarice was you know what i think she is too we'll see how this all goes so mia finds lily at school and she's trying to apologize and lily is super upset obviously i mean mia was like i just have so much going on i just totally forgot to call you and tell you and it doesn't matter anyway because i'm not going to be a princess and lily is like wait you're not going to be a princess and mia's like no i didn't take the job it's so stupid i don't want to be a stupid princess and lily is like uh you being a princess is probably like the coolest thing that's ever happened to anybody on earth so what the fuck And the whole movie, she was like, stupid, don't be a princess. I hate Lily. But also her reasoning is the fact that Lily's whole thing is that she's obsessed with helping animals and being a vegetarian and helping out with the planet. She's a big advocate for the world and the world's animals and everything like that. Yeah, which is so great, except for her reason that she wants Mia to be a princess is so she can continue to spread those things. She literally says to her, oh, I think it's great that you're a princess because you actually have like a voice where you could save the 
the planet, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But it's not the fact that Mia's like finally finding herself, is becoming more comfortable with who she is as a person. No, it's just because she can be an advocate for the cows. Lily, you're a horrible friend. We hate Lily. We don't like Lily. So Mia decides, well, I have to go to this ball. So do you want to go to the ball or what? And Lily's like, great. At least we get to go to a ball. Like being a princess is cool. Even though I said two days ago being a princess was lame. Oh my gosh, you guys. Mia has gym class. She finally hits the ball. The ball hits Josh in the nuts. She runs a home run. Mia's finally on top of gym class. (laughs) Go off, sis. Go off, sis. Go off. (laughs) Mia's sitting at home after school and... Michael comes up to give her her keys for her car. He dropped off the staying after the repairs from running into the fucking trolley in the middle of the road. Yikes. And he's really mad at her for bailing on him, even though Josh actually wanted to, like, date and wasn't beating around the bush, but it's fine. They didn't say all that, but I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. And she invites him to the ball, and he doesn't want to go, and he's being broody and moody and emo, and it's kind of, like, hot, and he's, like, playing hard to get, and I'm so into it. I mean, he's clearly been, like, in like or in love with his sister's best friend for quite some time finally gets the balls to ask her out which he tries to play it cool and make it seem like it's not a big deal it's not a date whatever we're just hanging even though he just really wants to spend time with her he fucks that up then she has all this shit happening to her at the same time so he's upset that he's like (laughs) he's like no you you'd rather go Josh. Yeah. He's so moody. I love it. And then he puts the envelope with a check in his mouth and walks out of the room. He's so weird. I, I love him. him. <laughs> He's the best. I love it. So uh, the next day, next week, who knows, at school, Lana and her Lanettes are once again bullying Mia and Jeremiah as they do. It's like their only personality trait is to bully this poor girl. Leave her the hell alone. Mia's over it. She's eating an ice cream cone, stands up, smears the ice cream all over the front of Lana's cheerleading outfit. And she's like, wow, that cheerleading outfit looks great with anything, including this ice cream. Gets it all over her. Lana starts like crying and screaming. And she asks the vice principal. She's like, oh my God, Gupta, look what Mia just did to me. And Gupta's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was in an important meeting. I didn't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) She says take it for dry cleaning, bitch. Yeah, that's what you get. Okay, she didn't say bitch. I added that part. She could have though. uh, In my head, she said bitch. I think she did in her head too. So grandma comes over to talk to Mia before the Genovia Independence Day ball. Queen Clarice gives Mia a diary and her locket unlocks the diary and the the movie guys is called The Princess Diaries. So this is where the diary part comes in. Yeah, actually the the end of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) The books are actually written as though she's writing in her a lot of it is. Like the chapters begin with her diary entry Mm -hmm. and then it like kind of goes into the chapter. I do remember that Mm -hmm. part because it's in like different font. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like curls empty instead of like comic sans. (laughs) Yeah. And her grandma tells her, I think you can do the job. I really think you can be the princess of Genovia. I know I was hard on you, but I'm here to apologize. And I think you got this. And then Mia's grandma tells her that she's going to have to give a speech at the ball. And Mia's like, well, I'm just going to run away then. <laughs> she said, oh, I didn't know I, a speech was involved. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> she has to formally 
denounce herself as the princess to the press, essentially. Or say, I am going to be the princess. Right. Whatever she chooses. And Mia's not having that. We know that she threw up last time. She had to give a speech just about freaking uniforms. What is she going to do as the freaking princess? Right. At the ball, before the ball starts, they're just getting ready and everything. And Charlotte comes up to Joe and is like, oh, did you go pick up Mia? And Joe is like, no, her mom's bringing her. It's her first ball. And Charlotte's like, well, her mom just got here and she ain't got no Mia. So Joe's like, she's going to run. He knows. Back at the firehouse house. Fire station house, ex fire house, house of Mia Thermopolis. The fire home. The fire home. (laughs) (laughs) Mia is packing up to run away and she puts the diary in her bag and there's an envelope inside and it's a letter from her daddy and it gives her the gusto to go to the ball. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to be the fucking princess of Genovia because my dad's a badass and I'm a badass and grandma's a badass and I'm going to be a fucking princess. Yeah. That's verbatim what happens yeah exactly that so mia gets in her mustang in the pouring rain mind you it's called the stang i would like you to say it appropriately mind you the stang is a convertible so it's pouring down rain she's in a hoodie and sweatpants and is trying to drive her mustang that she barely knows how to drive she of course gets stuck going up that hill lays down in her front seat and just starts sobbing in the rain as she should what disney princess doesn't throw themselves on a surface and cry and who shows up but joe to save the day Joe, we love it so joe gets her into the limo and i'm assuming just leaves her mustang in the middle of the road i mean who knows they just took one of those embassy flags and just like stuck it on the hood and was like that we can park here we can park wherever because if you have the flags you can park wherever exactly so we cut scene to michael he gets a pizza from a delivery man and he's like i didn't order pizza and the man's like i just deliver the pizzas bro Here's your pizza. And he opens it up and it's a heart-shaped pizza and in M&M's, his favorite candy. It says, sorry. <laughs> it's so cute. And he smiles so big and he's like, good thing I rented that suit and gets himself together and goes to the ball. <laughs> what a great guy. I want M&M pizza. I just want Michael. Mia shows up just in time for Queen Clarice to start making the speech for Mia where she's going to say that Mia's renouncing her title. And Mia shows up soaking wet in her docks and hoodie, goes up to make her speech. And as she's saying it, she says, this morning I was going to renounce my title, but I actually am the princess of Genovia. And she claims herself as the princess. Yay. I wouldn't say her speech was good but she definitely didn't throw up well the thing is is that it came from her heart it definitely wasn't a good speech by public speaking standards however it came from her heart and it was she said things that she truly meant and it was heartfelt I'm going to give it a, a 68. Okay, I think that's fair. Like, yeah, a D plus. Okay, I'm here for that. <laughs> so the Baron and Baroness are a little upset and he tries to snatch a vase on his way out. And then while Mia goes to change her clothes, the Prime Minister of Genovia sings the national anthem of our kingdom. Which, why <laughs> do we why do we know this song? Genovia, <laughs> the land I call my own. Genovia, Genovia. 
It's a bop. Uh, so Mia changes in her and her grandma make a grand entrance in their beautiful ball gowns. They look so pretty. And they head out to the dance floor and the prime minister dances with the queen and Mia's looking around the crowd all sheepishly like, did Michael come? Did Michael come? And guess what? He did. He did. He is so cute. So cute. Mia and Michael dance together and then they go out to the garden and Michael's like, why me? And she's like, because <laughs> you saw me when I was invisible. And then they make out in the garden. And her foot pops and she turns on all the fountains and all the fairy lights in the garden. It's beautiful. So cute. And then they dance the night away. Yeah, they do. Mia goes to Genovia for her coronation and she's on like a private jet. Must be nice. And she's (laughs) riding in the diary and she's like, yeah, Lily and Michael are going to come hang at the castle for the summer. And uh, you know what, guys? Miracles happen once in a while. If if you you believe. A bop. Miracles happen once in a while. If you believe. It's the most early 2000s movie ever, and I love it. And that's the end. Yay. And Princess Diaries 2. Okay, here we go. The royal engagement. I'm just kidding. What that if we movie did that, though? pisses me off because all of it is incorrect. She marries freaking Michael, not Chris Pine. It's such a good movie, though, to be honest. Do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. I'm ready. I gave The Princess Diaries 8 out of 10. I freaking love this movie. It's not one of my favorites, but I do really enjoy it. So I put it at number 16. It's under Cinderella and above Emperor's New Groove. Ooh. Emperor's New Groove was hard. I was like, I always ask myself, would I rather never watch Emperor's New Groove ever again? Or would I rather never watch The Princess Diaries ever again? Like, that's what I tell myself when I'm ranking these. And it just like, it just squeezed right in there. I would watch, I would take Cinderella over this though. All right. Mine rings pretty high. This is actually one of my favorites. And I don't know if it's just because I loved the book so much, but this movie, I just, I absolutely love everything about it. Um, So I gave it a 10 out of 10 and it's at number six for me. So it's underneath Frozen, but above The Lion King. Okay. Yeah. So you'd rather watch this than The Lion King forever mm-hmm. and ever? All right. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I like it. Woo! Are you ready to guess? Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm ready. I kind of gassed this up, so I hope you're (laughs) excited. We never do this, but I wanted to do like a really new movie. So this movie came out last year. Oh. I know we've both never seen it. Okay. And I have like no idea what it's about, but I know that there's like a super sick van involved and that the main characters are brothers. Onward? Yes. Yay. This is the first like, yeah, like really new movie and that we we've both done. have never seen it. I'm so excited. Right? You haven't watched it. Mm-mm. Oh my God. First time together. We might have to watch it twice. I've heard that um, it's going to make me cry. So I hope you guys are ready for another episode where I cry. Anyway, guys, you know, Patreon, $5 a month. You get bonus content. Our episodes are super funny on there as well. And we do bonus videos. TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, the gram. Follow us on all of those. Everything is in the show notes. And um, we love you so much. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Miracles happen once in a while. If you believe. These opinions are our own and are in no way associated with the film or the film's production company. The cover art for Tragical was created by Johnny the Alchemist. The theme song for Tragical was produced by Ja Reezy. Contact info for both artists can be found on their Instagrams. Which are linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Tragical. In one scene, uh, Mia Thermopolis recites one of Juliet's soliloquies from Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet, the rose of any other name, blah, 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 which is ironic because I'm not going to say the whole freaking thing. You guys know it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a name by any uh, a A rose rose by by any any other other name would sound just as sweet. I don't know the whole thing. I didn't write it down. But it's that part. Anyway. Everyone does. Started over. I roasted you. Okay. (laughs) Also, Lana is Mandy Moore, who is not acting at all. I firmly believe that that is what Mandy Moore is like in real life. I think she's a huge wannabe popular bitch. No, I'm kidding. Don't come for Rapunzel like that. (laughs) What if I decide to hate Mandy Moore for no reason? I love her. My professor was like, you were born to give speeches. And I was like, thank you so much. Oh, I got, yeah, I got good grades on all three of mine. I did really good on mine. Oh, good (laughs) rant. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never look. Oh. We were on different parts. (laughs) (laughs) Same song, different parts. (laughs) Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never. I didn't know where you. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say what you said. And a one, and a two, and a three, 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 three. The next morning, clean, clean (laughs) curries. There it is. I was waiting for it to happen. I knew it would. You're doing great. Do it again. Thank you so much. (laughs) High school, you only had to do one year of PE, which thank God, because like if you're in high school and you you shouldn't be forced to exercise, like you should be figuring stuff out on your own at that point, which is fine. Like you should be exercising, but you don't have to if you don't want to, I guess. We never went outside. We were always in the gym. Was yours like that too? We never went outside. Yeah, ours was usually in in the gym. And you would just walk around the gym instead of playing fucking dodgeball or something. Also, who wants to get fucking sweaty at school? Like, I mean, it's okay when you're like a kid, I guess. But when you're a teenager, you don't want to get all sweaty and then like go to class. Like, do you think they let you like use the showers in high school? Absolutely not. Like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Yeah, we literally had five minutes to change out from our gym uniforms into our regular clothes. You didn't have time to shower. So no, I'm not playing an actual sport. No, I have like makeup on and my hair is done. I'm not fucking playing dodgeball do i look fucking stupid to you anyway i just hate pee um i don't think it should exist okay bye i agree let me just step off my soapbox here (laughs) mia and queen crew i can do it don't really like mustard either um (laughs) see i love mustard i like honey mustard i like mustard but it depends it's gotta be like anyway we're not talking we're not here to talk about We're not really here to talk we about mustard. We are here to talk about mustard. <laughs> it's one of the foundations of the tragical podcast. <laughs> so mustard. <laughs> Sorry, Hi, this is the outtake. Tragical. <laughs> <laughs>